This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today's guest on Valley Views is Monica Young, who's an author with several books on aging parents. Monica, welcome to the program. <laughs> Thanks, Gary. I'm so glad to be here. Give us a bit about your backstory. How long have you been here in the Valley? How did you find the place? Why are you here? I had my business in Colorado Springs, but um, my husband and I wanted to build our own home. So we moved to Cotopaxi. We bought our land in 1999, moved into our house in 2002, and that was part-time. But then since 2020, we've been here full-time. So you've written two books on aging parents. Correct. What made you think you could write a book? It was more that I needed to write the book than anything else. I don't really have a background in writing except technical manuals. I wrote uh, user's manuals for computers for a while. Unfortunately, I think that is reflected in my books because <laughs> I have worksheets at the end of every chapter so that you can stay on track. <laughs> <laughs> so as a first-time author, what's your process? You sit down to write a book. That's pretty daunting. So I wrote two books, and each of them took about three years to write. Mm -hmm. So you just have to stay on task. I think once you've owned your own business and your own task master, <laughs> that you know how to do things like that. And mm -hmm. so, um, so it is a long process. You finish writing it, and then it goes through several edits, and then it finally gets published. And then, of course, you have to market it so that people know that you know what you're talking about. <laughs> I've recently been to Key West and went to Hemingway's house. They said his process was he wrote in the morning, went fishing in the afternoon, went to the bars in the evening. And that was his process. Not a lot like mine, but it sounds like it was a lot more fun. <laughs> but, but it was pretty systematic. Yeah. It's yeah. like, I have to do this every day to, to make this happen. So. Right, right. Well, interesting. It always seems like a daunting project, as I say, to uh, write, write a book. I will say I was a marathon runner at one point as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I think getting doing all the training to run a marathon also kind of fits into that, uh, it's a long-term process. So. so let's talk a bit about your book. Uh, you and I were talking ahead of time, and I mentioned that Jan Booth has been on this program. Right. Uh, she's more of a clinician, but this is in her bailiwick too. So yeah. folks out in Radioland will recognize some of these topics. I had the pleasure of meeting her at a Rotary Club meeting and we discussed that my book's called Before the Time Comes and she's definitely on cue with that as well. One of her themes was you need to have these conversations sooner rather than later. It just makes it easier, oh. uh, etc. So Tell us a bit about that first book, your themes, the, what folks should know. It's called Before the Time Comes, but it's conversations family caregivers need to have with their elderly parents. And the, the biggest two themes in that book is that you have to create a team of people that are going to help in this end-of-life situations. And then you also have to have that conversation with the senior that you're going to be helping. So... Um, so much of it is about control, and control is the most important thing. It's like who's going to be in charge? Are you, is the team going to be in charge, or is the senior going to be in charge? And, and at what points do those things coincide? In other words, it's shared control, but how do you make that happen? So I identify five different areas where you can start. 
so many people think about the financial and the legal, and absolutely that needs to happen, but there's so much more to it than just that. Mm-hmm. You've dealt with a lot of seniors, I suspect. Oh, what yeah. causes families and seniors not to have that conversation? I'm not sure that I can answer that question, but I will say that when people called me, it was always a crisis situation. Mm. So my whole point is don't wait for that midnight phone call. Mm-hmm. When you do get the midnight phone call, already have a plan in place so that you know exactly what to do next. Mm-hmm. I should mention, as we're having this interview, and as I was thinking about it this morning, I am the aging parent. I am not the <laughs> kid trying to have that conversation. So I'm looking at this a little bit differently than I might have right. 15 years ago. Right. I'm glad you brought that up because I had to come up with a title somehow (laughs) and I wanted family to be in there. But I think, for example, when I moved the seniors that I moved, 50% of the time it was the family that initiated that phone call with me. But the other 50% of the time it was the actual senior who said, I'm ready. Mm -hmm. So you have to just go ahead and know that this book applies to you as well as to your family. But I had to come up with a title that (laughs) would encompass it all. Mm -hmm. So I mainly wrote it for the families. And if people uh, pulled your book off the library shelf, what would they see? How's it arranged? What topics do you hit? In my first book, I talk about all the things you need to do before or that you can do before. You Mm -hmm. don't have to do them before. But my message all along is to have a plan and to follow that plan, whatever it is, until it changes. Every situation is unique, and everybody knows that. As much as you want you want to have everything specifically done in a certain way, that's great, but it doesn't always work that way. So what I've done with these books is to say, here's an example of a plan. Here's what my situation was, because a lot of this is part memoir, and then part memoir from my business. So in the second book, How to Easily Move an an Aging Parent into Their Next Home, I get really more specific about all the things that I learned during my 11 years of moving. Mm -hmm. So it's it's just fun to have those things there. Each chapter follows a specific pattern. In other words, um, and at the beginning of the book, I, I have a how to use this guide so that you understand that. But every chapter begins with a conversation. And it's a typical conversation among me and my five sisters about everybody's got a different perspective on how to handle things. So we talk about that. And then I, then I go through kind of a description of how to do it. And then I have a, a worksheet at the end so that all the points that I was trying to make during the chapter are outlined. And that way you can just mark them off and say, oh yeah, I got that. Or that doesn't apply to me. How any, any worksheet is only as, as good as, as your situation. So, mm-hmm. um, Monica, let's talk a bit about your second book on moving. Mm-hmm. and the issues that surround that. We're talking here about moving into assisted living or that sort of situation? Yeah, independent or assisted living, memory care also. Mm-hmm. But those are the three primary places that I would move people to. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in that situation, when I was in Colorado Springs, it was uh, had to be like less than 50 miles away, usually a one-bedroom, sometimes a two-bedroom, and I had to get it done in one day. 
Custer County is one of the oldest counties in the United States, I understand, in terms of demographics. But Custer County doesn't have a lot of options along these lines. No, that's for sure. If someone's been a longtime resident of Custer County, how, how far afield would they have to go? You mean to move into independent or assisted? Yes. You have to go to a larger community, obviously. A larger city, I would say. Both Pueblo and Colorado Springs have those options. A lot of people also go to Denver. But when you're looking at that, there's also the option to move to where your family is. Mm-hmm. And so so that's there again. That's, that's more of a long-distance move. I do mention long-distance moves in my book as well mm-hmm. so that you can you can adjust to that situation. But for people here, I would say you're probably going to move to where your family is. That would be the most logical. So in town, we should mention Valley Assisted Living is an option. It's got maybe 12 to 15 rooms, uh, as I recall. When an aging parent and their family are thinking about this move, what are the issues that they're dealing with? What are the challenges that the families might have to deal with? In my book, I kind of try to identify those, step one. So in other words, that's the, that's the time that you spend just thinking about, is this the right thing to do, first of all, as far as your, your senior is concerned? And then the second thing to, is like, am I going to do it myself or am I going to have some help? Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? That means, okay, am I going to rent a truck? What am I going to do as far as getting furniture from one place to the other? Mm-hmm. And so there's several options out there. And it's like, if you're going to do it yourself, are you going to drive the truck or are you going to use the big guys, the um, relocation specialists? If you're looking at moving to one of these facilities, there's definitely a downsizing that's happening. What kind of challenges are there with the aging parent, like leaving their stuff behind? I mean, they're, That's what that, they need to do. Hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they need to leave their stuff. Okay. So that's another question that I'm very comfortable addressing because in my given scenario, I say move the senior first and don't worry about the stuff because the important stuff is easily identified and it goes with the senior to wherever they're going. The stuff can stay behind. I'm always amazed at how good seniors are saying, oh, no, I definitely want that. Mm -hmm. And so all those things just come with them. And then there's all those other things like... (laughs) I'm sorry, but garages are just terrible <laughs> as mm-hmm. far as trying to decide what to bring and not. And you know what? You're not going to have a garage. <laughs> so that just eliminates that whole area of worry. Mm-hmm. So some of those things are fairly obvious, but in your experience, what are the few things that are really important to people that they want to bring with them? Well, I recommend that they bring a hutch because then they can display all those things that they really want people to think about when they see their house. Like, it's not necessarily grandmother's china anymore, but it's awards for any of the military. I would think photographs and those, right. those kinds of things are right. transportable and fairly important. Right. It's almost like all the things you think about if there's ever a fire. It's like I'm going to grab all the memorabilia that I can, and I'm going to bring it with me. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, it's your computers. There's more modern things that are also obvious. Everybody has their own things that are important to them. Mm-hmm. When I would go into a senior's home, we would walk around and identify those pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Because you just you just know when you're listening to somebody what's important. And you can see what they're looking at. 
I know for me, I've got a large library, I've got a large collection mm. of music, but this day and age, all of that could fit on a thumb drive. So there are ways to uh, to downsize and, and not leave all of that behind. Yeah, no, that's a great that's a great idea. And when you're talking about the thumb drive, I also highly recommend that you put your power of attorney and your will and everything like that on a thumb drive and share it with every member of your family. That's one of the pro tips. <laughs> that's, that's a good point. Monica, this week... Uh, you're going to be at the library uh, doing a presentation. What's the date and time for that? On Tuesday, August 29th at 10 o'clock is when I will be doing a presentation at the library during their senior week. Okay. And what will you be talking about? Mainly, I'm going to be presenting my second book about how to easily move an aging parent and I'm going to do it more as a demo. So I'm going to bring some of the things that I think you should have or be thinking about having. And then uh, I'll do a little bit of reading from my book as well so that you can catch up on the memoir part of it. Okay. And as we end today, if there's a family out there or an aging parent that hasn't had this conversation, how can they most easily get that to happen? What would be your suggestion? I have a very specific suggestion, which is to go ahead and schedule one hour in person with the senior and any family members that are the least bit interested in helping. I will be handing out a worksheet that identifies the different tasks to be done ahead of time, and then everybody can spend that hour talking about what's most important and I can give you some ideas on how to counteract any kind of hesitation in making that happen. But every, the big thing is, this: we're going to have this conversation. It's serious. We want to spend a minimum of an hour making sure that we all understand what our roles are in order to help. Okay, fair enough. Monica, if folks wanted to get in touch with you or find out more information, how would they best do that? We'll come to the... <laughs> presentation at the library. Um, I'm happy to take phone calls and help in any way I can. I have two websites. Make sure and put the www in front of them. But one is monicaeyoung.com and the other one is elderwisdompress.com. And if you go to either one of those, there's a place where you can contact me. So you'll have to leave your email address and then I will return them within 24 hours, any questions you have. That sounds good. Monica, thanks for stopping by. <laughs> thanks, Gary. <laughs> We've been visiting with author Monica Young, who has uh, two books on aging parents. My name's Gary, aging right here in the Valley myself. We'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 6 p.m. and again on Saturdays at 10 a.m. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. I'm walking on a rainbow.